How's everybody doing this morning? Good. I hope you came ready to praise the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet if you would. And uh, we're going to start this morning with a little uh, Casting Crown song called uh, We Were Meant to More Than Just Survive. We Were Meant to Thrive. Amen. If she can find it.
Blessed be the name of the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Let's sing it together.
come to give a blessing to the Lord and I we are singing for his glory not for our glory amen and so uh, hey let's tell each other we're glad to see each other this morning everybody put a smile on turn around tell somebody glad to see him let's fellowship for just a little bit all right tell somebody yeah uh, glad to see him. if you don't know him especially tell him you're glad to see him all right find your place and be seated oh that's lots of good fellowship amen <laughs> get them started can't get them to stop all right <laughs> you can find your place and you can go ahead and be seated we've got a few announcements to go over uh, first things first though if you are a, a visitor today we want to first say thank you for being here we don't want to embarrass you, but we do want a record of your visit, so we've got a visitor card. If you're a visitor for the first time, would you just slip up a hand and Brother Gary will get you a card. Brother Gary, I think we got uh, one, a couple right here. So you'll fill that card out, just put it in the offering basket when it comes by. Uh, we are so glad that you're here today, and uh, we just want to, uh, to know you were here today. Hey, uh, it is so good to see you today. I've got a lot of announcements, and uh about two or three of them I was given as I was walking up here. So if I forget your announcement, well, just wave at me, all right, because uh, I didn't get them all down on my sheet. Uh, don't forget uh, Wednesday mornings. Uh, Wednesdays we have a full slate here. always want to remind you, Wednesday morning Bible study, if you are able to be here at 10 a.m. on Sunday, uh, on Wednesday mornings, we have a Bible study from 10 to 11 a.m. And then Wednesday night we have a full slate of activities. We have uh, um, uh, supper at 6 o'clock. And then we uh, divide into uh, uh, different groups on uh, Wednesday night. The youth service is in here. The kids are in the middle rooms, and the adults are in the fellowship hall. Uh, so please come on Wednesday nights. We would love having you. It is, uh, it is packed in here, and it is uh, a wild, wild time. Amen. But it's a wild time for Jesus. So uh, come on and have a good time with us. Uh, don't forget Sunday school for all ages, uh, every Sunday at 10 a.m., uh, come for that if you're not coming. Uh, on the back table, there's several things there today. There are giving statements for 2021. If you've not gotten yours yet, uh, that's uh, for your taxes or uh, just so you'll know, uh, the giving statements for last year. So if you've not gotten yours yet, look on the back and uh, see if you can find yours there. And then there's also a sign-up sheet for Super Bowl party. Uh, we're going to have a Super Bowl party here next Sunday, February 13th at 5 p.m., and uh, we're just going to kind of have uh, potluck. Uh, we're just going to do chips and dip and finger foods. So if you can sign up, let us know you're coming, what you're bringing. And uh, Brother JT is setting us up with the Super Bowl on all these TVs here. And we'll just have a good time, all right? So uh, be, 
There could be bring your games. If you don't like football, bring your games, all right? And uh, we'll set that up too. Uh, so we'll have a good time. Uh, so that sign-up sheet is back there. Then there's also a sign-up sheet. Uh, many of you, if you didn't hear, uh, Miss Tracy Little's mom passed away, and uh, they are having her service today. So this is actually a two-part announcement. We are uh, going to take the church band. I know uh, Julie and I and a few others are going. Uh, the church band is going to leave here at 115 to get over there by 2. It's all the way on the other side of town. Uh, so if you'd like to go to um, Tracy Little's mom's service to uh, just be there and minister to her, let me know uh, so we'll know not to take off without you. But we're gonna, we're, the van will leave here at 115 and we'll go to the service. Uh, but also we are going to provide food for Tracy and her family. Uh, and so that's what the sign-up sheet for is back there. If you can help us uh, provide food on Wednesday night. We're going to do it on Wednesday night. Uh, so when you uh, come on Wednesday night for church, you can just go ahead and uh, uh, come a little early, bring that food. Uh, Miss Mary's kind of heading that up. You can see her if you got any questions. Uh, but mainly we just need to get people signed up to uh, provide food for their family. Um, and there was another one given to me on the way up here that I forgot. Somebody wave at me. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. There it is. Oh, life recovery class. Uh, and yes. Thank you, brother. Okay. Here is some information. Uh, many of you may know this lady was a part of, uh, of Landmark um, in the past. And her, uh, the lady you would know would be Belinda Southern. And her son passed away, Alex, I believe. And there will be a visitation Sunday, February the 6th. That's actually today, too. Uh, there's a visitation from 2 to 3 at Chandler Memorial Funeral Home uh, at the, uh, in Chandler. Okay. Is the, oh, this is visitation. Okay, funeral's at 3. Okay, so a visitation from 2 to 3, and then the, the funeral is actually at 3. So if you knew her, if you'd like to go and support her, that'll be in Chandler. All right. Um, and then tracing, uh, yes, life recovery class. Uh, here's the deal. We were going to start that today, uh, but because of Miss Tracy Little's mom's service, I know several want to go and people that were going to participate in the class. So uh, Tracy's going to meet with y'all if you're interested in that class. Uh, he's just going to do a little introduction right after the service in the fellowship hall just to kind of uh, get to know everybody that's going to be part of the class, but we won't actually start the class till next Sunday because uh, we have several that wanted to go to the service today. So uh, kind of a little conflict there. So uh, it, meet with Tracy in the fellowship hall. That's Tracy over there. Raise your hand, Tracy. Uh, Tracy will be teaching that class. And uh, just to kind of a meet and greet uh, in the fellowship hall for a few minutes. And then we'll actually start uh, next week. All right. Did I get there right? All right. Did I forget anybody's announcement that uh, talked to me on the way up here? Yeah, I want to thank everybody. See, I knew I'd forget one at least. All right. Uh, yesterday, we had the memorial service for Brad Hobbs. Uh, that is uh, Teresa and Chris's uh, brother. And man, this place was packed. And Brad got saved late in life. And uh, man, he ministered to people. Uh, Brad was a motorcycle rider. He was part of motorcycle clubs, loved to play pool uh, down here at XLN. But Brad got saved. And I always say when people get saved a little later in life, they seem to be just a little more on fire, amen, because they know how far they've been saved from. And uh, so uh, Brad was that way. And there were testimonies. We had testimonies yesterday and people standing up and saying, I came to know Jesus because of Brad. Brad showed me the love of Jesus, amen. And uh, so that was good. But uh, this place was packed. Uh, Miss Mary and uh, several of you fixed food. 
the family just wants to say thank you so much um, just for ministering to them and uh, all of you that helped in that thank you so much again this place i don't know if we could have got another person in here it was packed to the brim and uh but lots of uh, a life well lived and a life that not a perfect life but a life well lived amen and that's what we all should be striving for so thank you from from the family all right all right anything else i think i got it all all right let's uh let's all stand we're going to continue uh, to worship amen yes this was a song we learned a couple of weeks ago talks about our wonder-working God. He does miracles in our lives. We see that all the time. Let's just sing and praise him. Tell me he can do it. We've seen real life. Red. 
little refrain. It says, hallelujah, fountain full of love for us, poured out on us. Jesus spilled his blood, and there's a fountain filled with his blood, and it is there to wash all of our sins away. Amen. 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 Let's get excited this morning. Hallelujah, fountain full of love. Let's sing it together. Sing it with me. just praise you this morning praise you for your blood we praise you for your love we praise you for forgiving us for all of our sins God that we don't deserve Lord your redeeming love is our theme God that we may live and continue to live in the fullness of you father abundantly because you provide and you walk with us and Lord, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit guides and directs us and shows us the things in our life that don't need to be there, God. And I just thank you um, 
for just giving us that that gift, the Holy Spirit, Lord. And I just pray now as we all just um, give our attention to your word, Lord, that your words would speak to each of us individually, Lord, because we're all in different places and you know where we are. So, Lord, touch us in a way today that we haven't been touched. Just help us to just focus on you and, and what you have to say and just be with the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering this morning. We have uh, children's church this morning. Uh, so if you have children that would like to take advantage of that, there's all of our children's church workers. Give our workers a big hand this morning if you would. Amen. All right. How many of you braved our uh, Texas blizzard we had? Amen. That's a, that's a Texas blizzard right there, about that much of snow, a little bit of ice thrown underneath, get under freezing, and we all freak out, don't we, amen? Uh, but I hope you survived it. I hope your pops survived it. I hope everybody survived it. And uh, we've got a beautiful day today. And so uh, if we can, sur in Texas, if you can survive February, we pretty much are home free after that. So we'll just pray we can survive the rest of February. Hey, I wanted to talk today, you know, uh, we're supposed to start our class on recovery, so I wanted to talk today about how to be an addict. How many of you would like to be an addict? Nobody? <laughs> Amen. How many of you realize that you are an addict? We are all addicts. Amen. Because by definition, all sin is an addiction. Now, everybody has a bent towards different ones, all right? Your pet sin may not be my pet sin, and my pet sin may not be your pet sin, where the things that I struggle with in my flesh, you may not struggle with in your flesh, amen? But it's real easy sometimes for us to kind of get self-righteous and judgmental, isn't it? And to look at your sin, see, your sin looks a lot worse than my sin looks to me. I can look at your sin and I can go, ooh, man, you, you got some bad sin in your life, Amen. But I look in the mirror at my sin, and my sin doesn't look, doesn't look quite so bad because uh, I, I can justify my sin. Well, you know, yeah, I got trouble with that, but you don't know what I go through every day. You don't know where I work. You don't know the people I got to live with, amen? You don't know the people I've got to put up with. And so I need my little escape or I need my little, uh, you know, uh, really uh, addictions kind of become, and we're going to kind of dive into this, but addictions become that that escape that we go to it's like when you have a baby that security blanket and uh, those addictions become our security blanket don't they and they're uh, when we get stressed there there are triggers amen now any of you that have ever been in recovery or been to a recovery class or anything I'm not telling you anything you don't know but uh, many most of you have learned if you've ever been that there are triggers and those triggers thing when we get stressed out when we uh, get uh, depressed when we get our heart broken when we get there are certain triggers in our life and that's when we reach for that security blanket doesn't it it may be in a bottle it may be in a little cigarette one or a funny cigarette one of them funny cigarettes yeah might be in a in a can or a pouch uh, it could be now here's one now again Socially acceptable, non-socially acceptable. I just covered all the ones that you think of when you think of it. Guess what? Your credit card. Uh-oh. Hello, Brother Mark. You just got, wait a minute, Brother Mark. You just got real personal, all right? Maybe you have a shopping addiction. Maybe you spend more than you make. That's as much an addiction. Ladies, 
and I don't mean to single out lady. Now, guys, we do it too. It's just different toys, amen? But here's the thing. Something about buying, sliding that card and buying that new dress just makes me feel a little bit better, amen? Guys, something about sliding that card and buying that new bass boat just makes me feel a little bit better, amen? It's all addiction. The toys are different for the guys and the girls, but it's all addiction. Guess what? If it's money you don't have, I'm telling you, in America, one of the worst things we've come up with, Brother Martin, has been the credit card, amen? And we get on credit because we want to spend more than we make. And guess what? They are more than willing to give it to you, aren't they? You go down to buy a new boat, you go down to buy a new car, you go down to buy interest-free for a year, amen? And uh, they've got such a deal to give you. But guess what? Eventually, payday comes, amen? And if you can't afford it, whether you get it interest-free, no payments for a year, there is a payday someday. And if you can't afford it now, you won't be able to probably afford it in a year. So we need to understand all of these things become our addictions. They become our security blanket, and they are basically the purpose of addictions is to fill a hole in my life that sometimes is only meant for God to fill. And so, but we reach for those security blankets. Uh, let's, let's get a little more personal right here. Food. Oh, Lord. Uh, I did not wear my steel-toe boots for myself, amen. But food, food is probably the number one addiction. But we justify that one, don't we? We don't see that one as sin. But guess what? In the same way that that person is killing themselves with the alcohol in the bottle, in the same way that that person is killing themselves by sucking on the cigarettes, what am I doing by eating all that fried food and that food that is not good for me and overeating and overindulging? You are slowly killing yourself. Amen? Now, as Brother Mike says, these addictions will not send you to hell. I'm going to quote an old Brother Mike saying here, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there. Amen? <laughs> all right? None of these addictions will send you to hell. Amen? <laughs> Never heard that one before? That's a good one, yeah. Um, none of those, none of these addictions will send you to hell. Uh, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is what saves you and me. But guess what we do by entertaining these addictions in our life? We slowly kill ourselves. We may be sending ourselves to see the Lord a little sooner than what was maybe naturally intended by doing these addictions sometimes. Overeating can shorten your life. That's not, I'm not just saying that. That's a scientific fact. Overeating will shorten your life. It'll clog your arteries and probably shorten your life. Smoking will probably shorten your life. Uh, drinking alcohol will damage your liver, and it will damage some of your organs, and it will probably shorten your life. The fact of matter, now you say, well, what about that shopping, Brother Mark? Amen. Your spouse will probably kill you, and that will probably shorten your life. Amen. <laughs> However it is, all right. One way or another, it's going to get you, all right. So no, let me just dive right in. No one wakes up one day and says, you know what? I want to totally mess up my life. You know what? I think I just want to totally mess my life up. So I'm just going to start drinking all I want to drink and drink till I'm just, just blitzed. Amen. Uh, I want to smoke until my lungs can't breathe anymore. I want to pop pills until my brain can't function anymore. No one wants to ruin their marriage on purpose no one wants to destroy their health on purpose no one wants to ruin themselves financially on purpose but how does it happen because the devil is a liar and the, the 
the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies, and he is a deceiver. And he will deceive you by saying, and anybody who's been addicted to anything, and I would say that's everybody in the room, we've all been addicted to something. Satan lies to you and tells you, oh, but you need that. We even give it words. You ever heard the word comfort food? Yeah, comfort food. What does that usually mean? Unhealthy, fatty, fried, deep fried, lots of sugar. That's comfort food, amen? And so we, we justify it even by giving it names and saying, well, that's, I need that. Listen, I, and it ain't easy. You are talking to one of the most uh, undisciplined, uh, non-self-disciplined uh, people that there is. And if I feel bad, if I'm having a bad day, I want a gallon of Bluebell. Amen? A gallon of Bluebell will make me feel better. Amen? I want, uh, I want some of that fried chicken, or I want some of that. Uh, boy, at the, at the deal yesterday, I took home some uh, tater tot casserole. Guess what? It didn't make it past last night. Amen? Uh, it just makes me feel better. Same thing. Any of these addictions do the same thing. I go for the bottle. Why do people drink? Drinking, and again, these, this is just scientific facts. Drinking numbs the senses. It numbs the brain. You think it makes you not have those problems. It doesn't do away with the problems. It doesn't really do any of that. It simply numbs the pain so I can forget about it. Prescription pills. Many people these days, this is one of the most popular ones, a new, a, a new addiction, used to be that it was illegal drugs. Now it's what I call legal drugs or prescribed drugs. Uh, you have an operation. You have, uh, you have uh, a surgery. And they send you home with that box of little happy pills. Amen? Anybody here ever get the happy pills? Yeah, the happy pills. But guess what? If you're not careful, and the doctor will even tell you, and the pharmacist will even tell you, be careful with these because you can become addicted to these. Uh, they are happy pills, and they will make you feel happy, uh, but you've got to be careful because you'll want to be happy all the time. Amen? Uh, artificially happy, I'll call it. All right? So be very, very careful. Let's hit the first scripture, 1 Corinthians 6.12. And it says this, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So the question becomes, these addictions will not send you to hell. What Paul is saying here is, he's saying, I'm not under the law anymore. I live in freedom by the grace of God. Amen? So I'm no longer bound to these sins. But guess what? All thing, even though all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All right? And Jesus himself, again, he didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. The law is there for a purpose. It's like the plumb line. It's like the fence line. It's there to keep you safe. And so can I go break all ten of the Ten Commandments today? Yes. Will I probably pay some consequences for that? Most definitely. And so God says you're not going to lose your salvation if you break my commandments uh, you're not going to, that is bought and paid with the blood of Jesus Christ. You will not lose that. But guess what? Just because it's lawful for you does not mean that it's beneficial for you, and it will cost you something. It will shorten your life. It will ruin your health. It could ruin your marriage. It can ruin your family. It could ruin a whole lot of things. Amen. So Paul is saying here, we're not bound by it, 
But guess what? That does not mean that it's good for you. There's a lot of things in life that we're not bound by because we are set free, and those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. But guess what? There are a lot of things in our life that are not good for us and not beneficial for us, all right? So that's what we're going to dive into today, all right? Um, let's see. The Greek word, and it's a long one. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Let me get real close to it. Maybe it'll help me. Exousiathosomai. That is the Greek word that they're using in 1 Corinthians 6.12. And it, it means this, to be controlled by or enslaved or brought under the power of something. Are you an overeater? Yes. Are you an overspender? Can be. Are you a workaholic? No, I'm pretty lazy. Um, oh, here's a new one. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to get off there. Look, look at these things right here. Uh-oh. Now, wait a minute, Brother Mark. Don't start on that. We have become addicted to these things, haven't we? Social media, the phone, just the phone. Itself. I, I tell you, we get the shakes. Anybody here ever been an alcoholic? You, you lay the alcohol down or you lay the drugs down and you get the shakes? Guess what? I've seen people get the shakes when they can't find their phone. <laughs> We've become addicted to the phone, haven't we? I myself, I get home, I hit that back. I generally keep mine in my back pocket. It ain't there. Oh, dear Lord, where's the phone? Because, quite honestly, my entire life is on this phone, isn't it? My calendar's on here. My notifications are on here. Everything's on here. But even when I know I don't have anything on the calendar, I still can't help but pop it out and look at it every 10 minutes. Got to check Facebook. Got to check Instagram. Somebody might have posted something I missed. Amen. I don't want to miss nothing. Amen. We become addicted to it. Now, I'm being very, very serious here because, uh, man, how much of our time, because what happens is when we enter into these addictions, they become the things we fill our life with. I'm going to get to the point here in a minute that they literally become idols in our life. How many of us, this little thing right here has become an idol in our life? You know what an idol is? It's just something that you spend more time with than you spend with God. Uh-oh. That just hit a nerve, didn't it? How many hours a day? Guess what? The phone will tell you how many hours a day. Won't it? How many hours a day? And then how many hours a day did you spend praying or in your Bible today? So whether you want to admit it or not, this has become the idol. Anything that takes the place and takes more of my time than God does, this has become my idol. Amen. We're filling, we're trying to fill a void that only God can fill. All right. What has mastered? So the question becomes, what has mastered you? Now, the classic line with any addict is what? There you go. Gold star. I can quit anytime I want to. I ain't addicted. I can quit anytime I want to. I just choose not to because I enjoy it. Guess what? That's just the father of lies has sold you that lie, hasn't he? What has mastered you? An addiction and something that controls you or mastered you is simply something that you don't have control of it. It controls you. I'll, I'll give you a real simple little test. Go through the day and say, what, what do I have to do every single day? What is it that calls to me? And maybe it's not even every single day. Maybe it's every other day or maybe it's once a week. But what do I say I can lay it down, but the minute I try to get away from it, 
it seems to be calling my name. You ever had an addiction that just calls your name? Maybe you do good for a little while, and then somewhere down the line, it, psst, I'm over here. I'm still here. You can come to me. We'll have some fun. You can forget all your problems, and nobody else will know, right? How do I know? I've been there myself. Amen. We need to understand it. these things master us. Cigarettes, weed, your appearance. You ever met, met anyone? Now, that's obviously not my problem. But uh, have you ever met anybody that is so into their body that they go to the gym constantly and they're so focused on their body? Or maybe it's not even the, maybe it's not the gym. Maybe it's just the face, the hair. We can even become addicted to our appearance, can't we? We can become addicted to all these things. Anybody that works out all the time will tell you that working out becomes like a drug. Now, I certainly have not gotten there yet. Uh, but they tell me that it releases endorphins just like drugs do. And when you start doing it all the time, you can literally get addicted to working out. So we get uh, even that, all right? Drugs, prescription painkillers, alcohol, pornography, gambling, video games, shopping. But here's the thing. All of these addictions are symptoms of a bigger problem. The real problem, and I already alluded to it, is idolatry, a false god that we think we need to function. Here's what happens with alcohol, drugs, all those things. We, it's something that we think we need it to function. I've known a guy. Uh, there's a guy that I do some work with, and he is what I call a functioning alcoholic. And if you ask him, he says, I don't have a problem. I can quit anytime I want to. But here's what he does. And I hope this doesn't, uh, hopefully this doesn't hit too close to home with somebody. But a functioning alcoholic is this. He can get up at, uh, he can get up every morning, go to work and function all day as a normal human being, do his job. But then when he goes home, he can't wait to get home at five o'clock. Because when he gets home at five o'clock, after five o'clock, he goes in his house, he locks the doors, and by his own admission, drinks an entire 30 pack of beer. And he says, I don't have a problem. I'm not hurting anybody. That's my, that's what I, but he, here's, here's where he's mistaken. He believes it's what he has to do and what he needs to do to function. He thinks I've got to have it to function. So every single night, now he'll get up the next morning, go to work, do his job, come home, do the same thing over again. But that thing is there. And guess what? He thinks he's mastered it, but guess what? It has mastered him. It is his. It has mastered him. And I'm, all of this is a plug for life recovery class, amen, because uh, we all need those things, amen. There you go, yeah. Um, without it, I don't feel alive. Without alcohol, I just feel, don't feel like I can function. Without my little happy pill, I don't feel like I can function, amen. Yeah, and you get depression, yes. That is a great point, Brother Greg, because if you, if you become addicted to it, then when you take it away and you try not to have it in your life, then all of a sudden you go into a deep, dark depression, don't you? Why? Because all of this stuff messes with the chemicals in our head. Amen? Did you know that every one of these addictions uh, operate the same as alcohol and drugs? Overeating releases those same endorphins that we do when we take drugs and alcohol. Like I said, working out any of those things, it releases pornography, uh, it releases these same endorphins that 
are released when we do alcohol and drugs. So in a way, some of these we think are more acceptable or in, in our society, but guess what? They're just doing the exact same thing that the drugs and the alcohol and all the other things do. All right? So uh, we need to understand that. All right? Uh, next scripture is uh, Isaiah 44, 14 through 15. And it says this. It says, he cuts down cedars for himself, and he takes the cypress and the oak, and he secures it for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants a pine, and the rain nourishes it. Then it shall be for a man to burn, for he will take some of it and warm himself. Yes, he kindles it, and he bakes bread. Indeed, he makes a god, and he worships it. Now, what is this verse talking about, and why did I stick it in there? Because here's what that verse is saying, that the stuff itself is an inanimate object. Many times we think the devil's in the alcohol or the devil's in the drugs, but guess what? The devil's in the devil. The devil is your real enemy. Sometimes we mislabel the enemy. Sometimes we say, well, that, that alcohol bottle's my enemy. Not really. That alcohol bottle is an inanimate object, but guess what? The devil has used that as a tool and sold you on it, all right? Whatever it is, the devil has sold you on a tool and he's used it. What that verse was saying is, is that the, the guy takes wood, he cuts a cedar tree down and he wood, but guess what? He uses the wood for a lot of good things. He uses it to make a fire, to warm himself. He uses it as a fire to cook food and to bake bread. But guess what? That same tree can be used to fashion an idol in his life. So these things, guess what? You're letting a bottle master you. You're letting a alcohol bottle master you. You're letting a pill bottle master you. You are letting a computer screen master you. You are letting a little rolled up uh, thing of tobacco master you, all right? But again, these are not the real enemy. These are simply the tools that Satan used uh, to, remember what it says in John 10, 10? What's his goal for you as a Christian? To steal, kill, destroy. Guess what all of addictions do? Those three things. They steal everything good in your life. They will kill you early, send you to an early grave, or maybe in the case of alcohol, maybe you'll kill somebody else, take them with you, and they will destroy your marriage, they will destroy your relationships, they will destroy your families. These are simply the tools that the devil uses to accomplish John 10, 10, what it says there, all right? So, um, so maybe you would say this, Brother Mark, how do I get rid of this? Uh, we are seeking to find what only God can provide. Now, I'm here to tell you, when you live a life that pleases God, what happens? The Bible calls it the blessing of God or the favor of God. If you're a preacher like me or you're called to ministry, it's the anointing of God. It's the hand of God upon you. Now, guess what happens when you sin or when you fall into these addictions? It's not that you lose your salvation. It's that your relationship with God is damaged, and God removes that hand of blessing. God removes that hand of anointing. Do you want to live a blessed life? I'd say everybody in here wants to live a blessed life. Do you want the favor of God on your life? Do you want his hand on your life? Yes. But guess what? The main thing that these addictions do is they separate us from God. All sin separates us and damages our relationship with God. And he will not keep his hand on you as long as that separation is there. Until you confess it, repent it, and turn away from it, his hand of blessing is removed from you. Amen. So let's real quickly hit these. 
how to become an addict. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just hitting this from the opposite side. If you wanted to become an addict, how would you do it? Number one, don't, don't ever admit you have a problem. First problem is most people don't want to admit they have a problem. If you want to uh, overcome your addiction, you have to realize you have an addiction, all right? So do not admit that you have a problem. A scripture on this one is Jeremiah 3, 13. It says, only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree. Tell yourself you can quit anytime. Everyone else tells you you have a problem and you just say, I don't have a problem. Y'all have a problem. You ever done that? Everybody's trying to tell you you got something in your life you need to change and you say, I don't have a problem. Y'all got a problem. Okay. Um, they are all wrong. Just shut them out. You know what addicts do? Isolate. Shut them all out. You know why? Because my mama might tell me I need to get my act together. My brother might tell me I need to get my act together. My spouse may tell me I need to get my act together. Amen. And so we need to understand that that's, that's one of the first things we run to is we, we isolate. We want to shut everybody else out. One of the first things, when I see you stop coming to church, when I see you stop reading your Bible, when I see you stop praying, again, these are all symptoms to a larger problem. And usually it's a sin problem because guess what? When I'm not right with God, I don't want to come in those doors because Brother Mark's probably going to preach something that's going to make me feel bad, make me feel guilty. So I'm going to stop going to church. I'm going to stop. Every time I read my Bible, I seem to open it up to a verse that convicts me. I don't like that. And so I stop reading my Bible. I want to stop hanging around uh, Brother Brian because Brother Brian is living a godly life and he's doing right. And when I see him, it convicts me. Amen. And so I want to, I just stop hanging around those people that make me feel that way. And guess what? The alternative is who do you start hanging around instead of? Other addicts who will make me feel comfortable in my addiction. Amen. Why do most alcoholics hang out at the bar? That's where other alcoholics are. Amen. It ain't rocket science. So we need to understand that. Uh, number two, gratify your fleshly desires. Ignore what God wants and gratify your flesh. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. God wants you to do a certain thing. He wants you to act a certain way. He wants you to take care of yourself. He wants you to be healthy. But guess what? The spirit, that verse says the spirit is contrary to the flesh. Your flesh wants something different than what the Holy Spirit wants. Amen. Now everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. There is a war that goes on inside of you every single day. Your spirit, the spirit of God lives inside of you. If you're a saved individual, the spirit of God lives inside of you. But many times we want what the flesh wants. And we want what makes us comfortable. We want what satisfies our flesh rather than what satisfies God. All right. The Bible says this way, I must crucify the flesh. I got to crucify the flesh. And that means giving it up for what God wants rather than what I want, what my flesh wants, okay? And number three is keep your addiction a secret. Here's a hard thing. Again, 
A lot of people have addictions. They've dealt with addictions all their life, but they've never confessed that to anybody else. You know, the Bible says many, many of us believe, well, you know, all I got to do is confess my sins to God. That's not true. You hadn't read your whole Bible because the Bible says this. There is a verse in the Bible that says, confess your sins to one another. Why is that? Because, yeah, I know God's there. I know God will forgive me. But guess what? Sometimes I need account. It's called it's a dirty word. It's called accountability. I need accountability. And the only way to get accountability is for me to go and find somebody else and admit to them I have a problem. Now, many of us in here, you've already done that. Many of us, you've never admitted to anybody else that you struggle with something. Can I say this? It's healthy no matter what it is. No matter what your addiction is, maybe it's food, maybe it's one of those socially acceptable ones, but guess what? Uh, there is something humbling about us going to another person and saying, I have a problem and I want you to hold me accountable. Guess what? Uh, all, all the weight loss programs, all of the drug programs, all the recovery programs, that's the very first thing you do. If you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, they're going to find you a sponsor, aren't they? They're going to find you a person who's going to hold you accountable and ask you the hard questions. Now, listen, you may say, well, I got, I got a lot of problems. How am I going to have somebody hold me accountable for all of it? That's all right. That maybe can be the same person. You know what a person would do for Brother Mark right here? Brother Mark, what did you eat today? List, list it all for me. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, Brother Mark, you need to eat healthier. So start writing down and and. A person who really loves you. Now, it may not seem like they really love you if they're asking you the hard questions. But a friend who really loves you is the one who will really ask you the hard questions, even when you don't want to hear them. What did you eat today? Did you drink alcohol today? Did you look at pornography today? Did you? And these, these are not easy questions to answer. Amen? But a real friend is the one that will love you enough to ask you the hard questions. Keep your addiction a secret if you want to be an addict. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, he who covers his sins will not what? Prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have what? Mercy. Mm. Boy, there's a lot of power in just those few words in there. You see, sin grows best in the dark. Did you catch that? Sin grows best in the dark. We hide sin. We want sin to stay in the dark. There's an amazing thing that happens. I'm not telling you that when you bring your sin out of the dark into the light that it's going to go away because it doesn't. Listen, we've all been there. We've all probably said whatever your problem, whatever your pet sin is, Lord, I'm tired of this. I don't like struggling with this. Would you just take it away from me? What happened? Anybody else besides me ever prayed that prayer? 99% of the time he's going to say, nope, I'm not going to remove it because my grace is sufficient for you. He leaves that there because you need something to drive you to your knees. Your dependence on God is driven by your need for him. All right? And so we need to understand that uh, God wants you to want him, but many times it's those areas we struggle in with our life. That's why we need God. So if you bring your sin into the light, it doesn't go away. But you know what amazing thing happens? When you bring your sin out of the dark into the light, all of a sudden it's like, I can breathe again. At least I've admitted there's a problem. I've admitted to another person 
that I have this problem, and I've admitted to God that I have this problem. And now I can begin to work on this problem. If it stays in the dark, you're never going to work on it. You're never going to work on it. So one of the first things to do is you've got to bring it out of the darkness into the light. It doesn't make it go away, but it makes it to where you can begin to work on it and begin to manage it. All right. And the last thing, number four, I'm sorry, I uh, forgot this one. Depend on your own power, never God's. 1 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Stop right there. What's a stronghold in your life? Something that has mastered you. This verse right here, whether you realize it or not, is speaking specifically to, ad to addictions. Addictions are one of the biggest strongholds we have in our life. How do we break those strongholds? Go to verse 5. Casting down arguments at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, Julie, you can go ahead and come on, and I'm going to camp out here while she comes. Look at this verse. Leave that up. This is telling you where all this begins. Bringing every thought into captivity. Everything begins and ends in the mind, doesn't it? Every addiction that you give yourself into, it begins by you thinking about it. Do you get up in the morning? You get up in the morning, you've just slept for eight hours, seven hours, eight hours, however long you sleep, and your body, your flesh craves alcohol, right? The thought enters into your mind. You've been without alcohol all night long. Your body is cleansed out of it pretty close by now. And so you have a choice. The thought enters into your mind. I need to get up and I need to start drinking. It'll calm me. It'll make the day seem better. It'll stop these shakes. But guess what? Where does it begin? When you open your eyes in the morning, it all starts right here, doesn't it? So here is the key, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, all right? Every addiction, every sin, every time you go to that addiction starts right here, doesn't it? You would bow your head and close your eyes. This message today is not preached out of condemnation or judgment. This message today is preached from one addict telling another addict, I struggle you struggle, we all struggle, and I need help. How many of you would say, I need help? I need help. Listen, I'm here to tell you today, it's because Jesus Christ set us free, and those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. But everybody here needs help. You need to begin to get some counseling. Do you know that? You need to get in a life recovery class. Guess what? I know where one is. Landmark Baptist Church. Fix and start. You need to find you an accountability partner. Maybe the first step is you just admitting to somebody today, hey, I struggle in this area. Would you help me? Would you be my accountability partner? Would you hold me accountable and pray for me? Everybody here needs that. Everybody here needs that. Maybe you just take that first step today sometime. Listen, maybe it's somebody, maybe you, it's not anybody here. Maybe you need to go home today and call somebody and say, 
I'm struggling in this area. Would you hold me accountable? It doesn't really matter who it is. It's about who do you trust enough to make your accountability partner. But we all need that. You're here today, and you're saying, Brother Mark, I'm struggling. I really need to work on some of this. Would you just lift up a hand? Thank you. I want to encourage you today. Go and take the first step. Take the steps necessary. We never start a journey if we don't take the first steps. You're here today and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus. You can do that today. Just say this. Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and save me. I accept you as my Savior. Maybe you prayed that prayer today for the first time. Maybe it's a prayer of recommitment. As we sing in just a moment, the altar's open. You can come and pray. Brother Martin will be over here on this side. I'll be on this side. We'd love to pray for you. You need to join the church, whatever you need to do today. Father, have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand, and we're going to sing a little bit, all right? Just
God's good. Amen. Now I want to encourage you today. If you uh, if you're struggling in something, uh, go home and take the necessary steps. There's it's never too late, and there's no day like today to start on the right path. Amen. So get on that right path. Uh, but but again, we have to take those first steps, don't we? So go home, take those steps necessary to draw closer to the Lord. Maybe it's just as simple as just admitting. I've got a problem. Can I tell you all that? It's real simple. Let me show you how you do it. Hi, I'm Mark Trammell, and I have a problem. Amen? I have sin in my life. I have addictions in my life. It's just that simple. Amen? Uh, but find you an accountability partner and just say those words. There's something about just admitting that you have a problem and say exactly what it is. Well, Brother Mark, tell us exactly what yours is. I'll tell you yours if you tell me mine. Amen? Uh, you can come up afterwards. But I'm here to tell you, it, here's the thing. We need to understand that sometimes the very first step is just moving in and telling somebody and admitting, I've got a problem. So Amen. I have to admit I have road rage. <laughs> she, she does. Amen. <laughs> I will testify for her. Amen. Amen. I try to hold her accountable, but I don't get very far with her. Amen. All right. Hey. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, don't forget, Brother Tracy's going to meet if you're interested in the life recovery class in the fellowship hall for just a few minutes, and then we'll officially kind of start next week. Uh, if you're going to ride to Miss Tracy's uh, mom's service, 115, the van will leave. And don't forget to sign up for all that stuff over there for a Super Bowl party and all that. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Amen.